Short-handed breakaway. Zach Hyman for the lead. Shoots and scores. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, McDavid, left circle. Cross ice, one-timer score. This game is tied. Leon Dreisaitl. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates. Alberta Injury Lawyers. The heavy hitters of injury law. First of all, very important, I don't want any spoilers for Better Call Saul. I haven't watched last night's episode yet. I still got to get to that. They're right near the end of that show. My goodness, what a journey it's been. But please, spoiler-free zone for Better Call Saul. Second of all, also very important, hope you had a wonderful long weekend. Uh, I was able to enjoy uh, Taste of Edmonton couple more times uh, went to the FIBA 3x3 event downtown did the show from there on Friday went on Saturday saw the Ploofs and Team Canada win the uh, women's event we'll have a little bit more on that as we uh, move along tonight yesterday uh, was my parents 52nd wedding anniversary that's right my parents have been married 52 years even before the Calgary Flames were in the NHL for my mom to hate Long before Bo Levi Mitchell walked the earth to be one of my mom's most hated athletes, my parents were married. So I spent a lot of time with them yesterday, and I'll publicly wish them a happy anniversary. 52 years they have uh, been married. That is uh, pretty incredible. All right. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. It is, of course, Inside Sports on 630. Chad, the Toronto Blue Jays in action tonight. They are leading the Rays 1-0 in the third. And the Blue Jays uh, active today. They get two-time All-Star Whit Merrifield before the trade deadline today for a prospect and pitcher, Matt Castillo. Merrifield can play second base or in the outfield. Uh, now, remember, he was one of 10 Kansas City Royals not who didn't play in that series in Toronto last month because uh, he wasn't vaccinated against COVID-19. So we'll see what, what goes on with that. The Blue Jays also got a couple of bullpenners, Anthony Bass, and uh, Zach Pop and the big big move uh, Juan Soto who by the time he retires is probably going to make around two billion dollars in his well maybe not that much he could make a billion over the course of his career he goes to the San Diego Padres who also get uh, Josh Bell while they send a bunch of players to Washington Soto just 24 had that amazing season in 2020 when he hit 351 and won the uh, batting title so some baseball notes there uh, off the top as the trading deadline past today all right also i can tell you this the uh, edmonton oilers announcing around noon that after 40 plus years with the organization kevin lowe retiring from his role of vice chair and alternate governor of the oilers he will still be connected to the organization as an ambassador uh you know the coles notes on kevin lowe first ever draft pick for the team scored their first ever goal five stanley cups here in edmonton one more one more with the rangers he's now on the hockey hall of fame that memorable night on november 5th when he got his number uh, raised to the rafters at rogers place and then there, there was that incredible game between the oilers and the rangers and i'm pleased to welcome back to inside sports kevin Lowe. kevin you're on with reed how are you doing i'm doing good reed yeah i'm excited about uh the future well i bet man you, you made the big announcement today so i'll start with the simple question why now why is the the timing right to announce the retirement from oeg well i was gravitating that way in the last couple of years i mean it's a number of reasons uh, i'm 63 years old uh I remember thinking, I uh, used to hear those commercials, uh, uh, freedom, uh, 
55 or whatever it was, and I'm going like, I'm eight years past that. Uh, I think a lot has changed. You know, people are working longer. But, you know, uh, all joking aside, um, you know, grandkids have come into our life. Uh, you know, Karen, my wife, has, has uh, had to put a lot on the back burner, uh, you know, for for me and my profession and uh you know now it's time uh, a little payback i guess but it'll give us a chance uh to get south a little bit in the winter to to get off to other destinations to visit grandkids and uh still take in as many games as possible but certainly when you're employed by by an organization you're there's you know responsibility on your end to be around so this way we can plan things out a little further for ourselves yeah. Are you, uh, I'm sure you golf at least a, a little bit or like what athletic endeavors, if any, do you explore these days? And are, are you as competitive with yourself and others as you, as you used to be? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, no, I'm not much of a golfer. I love golf. It's a great game. And, uh, I'm certainly not as avid as, as many of my, uh, uh, you know, many of my friends in the, in the game of hockey, but, um, no, I, I really, uh, we, we spend a good chunk of our summers in BC and we have a property with a few acres on it. And I, I like to get my chainsaw and cut trees and that's, that's my sport these days. And of course we do a little boating and, and, uh, so stay active as possible. But, um, uh, you know, I, 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 I don't think I'm going to be, uh, too bored because uh, I have a lot of things uh, I'd like to do and, and looking forward to getting started. Well, well, that that's that's good. Uh, yeah, that's that's good. You, you got a lot on on the menu and on the plate. That that's good to hear, Kevin. You know, I, I've been you and I've been lucky enough to chat several times uh, over the years, and you're, you're a great storyteller, and you've always been very willing to talk to me about experiences and you know context of maybe something you went through and, and how that might relate to the current generation of players. I don't think I've ever asked you this though, because everybody knows the resume. I'm not going to read every job you had off, but you had almost everyone possible with the Oilers organization. But when you, when you played, were you ever thinking, okay, yes, I, I might like to coach and manage or be in the front office. Like I, I'm just, I've never asked you when that sort of started to click in your mind as okay, here's a way for me to, to stay involved in the game. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I can't recall when, Reed, but uh, I, I remember having a conversation with Glenn Sather or he with me saying, you know, you better, you better, uh, I, I hope you're thinking about life after hockey. And, and you know, I, I said, um, and that's not because he, he thought I should retire, <laughs> but it was like, no, no, it was more of a, um, a compliment and, and uh, really a like a, a friendly um, push or acknowledgement to say you know like you can do anything you want to do just just decide what you want to do and um, and so that you know as a young person gave me confidence I was probably when I was about you know 28 or 30 years old and uh, so I often said uh, yeah I, I, I hope uh, and plan on trying to have a career in hockey afterwards if not directly in you know hockey on the hockey side meaning you know scouting managing coaching someday then indirectly on on the media side because i had already been doing you know i'd done radio i'd, I'd, I'd written a few articles i'd done a book so 
was quite familiar with the media side and uh, thought there, there's always an opportunity for someone who's, you know, decently enough spoken. And then by then I had a, certainly had a, a success on the ice resume that would have been helpful for that. But, but the hockey side uh, is how it turned out. And uh, uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm really truly blessed. Uh, I can't even begin to, you know, thank uh, the, the hockey world, you know, the, the Oilers, particularly the, the city of Edmonton and his fans uh, uh, and the NHL for that matter, you know, I've been in the NHL since 1979. I've never had another job. And uh, it's, it's just really blessed to have been in that long and, and have been able to have so many great experiences. Kevin Lowe joining us there at Inside Sports. The the playoff run this year was a blast. I mean, sure, you have the, the Cups, the the ultimate goal. Um, you know, you and I saw each other around a lot uh, during that time, but I, we, I don't think we really had a chance to sort of sit down and talk. Uh, I mean, to me, there's there's two stories from this 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 past playoff year. A the the success on the ice and and the optimism for for going forward, and then just just that energy and that vibe. I was in Studio 99, Ice District Plaza was being used. You know, everybody's wearing orange or blue or wearing their new McDavid jersey or finding their old low McDavid or, or, or you know, low Messier or Gretzky jersey and <laughs> wearing that around. I mean, you must have just been, I, I, I'm guessing, you know, just tell me about soaking it in and, and seeing all that going on. Yeah, it it, it never ceases to amaze me. Um you know what happens come playoff time in and around Edmonton it's it's really it's you know I've been around it for so many years and um, it's really an interesting phenomena it's you know business is better the beer tastes better the hot dogs taste better everybody seems to be happy you know despite what maybe is going on in their personal lives it's really a some respects distraction you know it's the beginning of spring it's a special time and I, you know what's not unique to this year or unique to the the first years the oilers won the cup it's just a, it's almost a given i guess that's why fans are so passionate about the team making the playoffs because you know they, they they really enjoy as much as the players and and everybody involved it's um uh you know it just gives you uh you know hope that that uh it's going to happen again i'm sure it will uh uh no doubt that the players really made a huge step this year and i think they're in that groove now where they they know that they got a chance to win the cup someday and and i we can expect some pretty exciting springs here for for the years to come yeah yeah pretty fun for sure okay yeah, i've never asked you this one so i'm gonna because th- i this is kind of bit of one of my standard ones for people i don't think i've ever asked you this one um the difference between superstition and routine and uh did you have one either as a coach player manager that you'd be willing to admit to (laughs) yeah i I would say as a player my routine for sure and and that was that was as much uh you know because you're gonna have good games you're gonna have bad games and and I always felt, and I learned that early in my career, like I could eliminate when you're trying to search out reasons why you are so horse bleeped that particular night. Uh, well, it's maybe, you know, maybe because I did this or I did that. So 
I just found that if I stuck to the routine, I could eliminate all those. It's just that I was flat out brutal. I had nothing with nothing to do with my preparation. Um, and uh, it so it, it becomes superstition in some respects because you know you're so you're so uh, indebted to it. Um, but I yeah I was you know the eating the right way the night before, getting you know the right amount of sleep. Those are you know those are physiological things, but you know only you know only napping maximum an hour game day like any longer so i would actually it's unbelievable i couldn't even think of doing that today but you know i'd always slept from one o'clock to two o'clock and then i'd wake myself up and have tea and then sit around and watch the clock till it was time to drive the rink and i'd leave it specifically at four o'clock or thereabouts right. it didn't have to be hard for but you know because that way, I knew I could get to the Skulls Coliseum by 4:20, and likely meet Lee Fogle and Charlie Huddy, and we'd all have a cup of coffee and start, you know, uh, the the old uh, hot stove and get ready for the for the hockey game and stuff. And um, yeah, just you know, the, the same thing that in the dressing room when I would start, I'd specifically get start getting dressed 20 minutes before, um, you know, before warm up time, and you know, because I could dress and and call it nine minutes, but that allowed for a little time for chatter in the room and all that stuff. That was, that was like clockwork. Those, those were, those were my routines. Yeah. Well, Kevin, we appreciate that you made inside sports part of your day. Congratulations on uh, your retirement and everything you accomplished with the Oilers and here in uh, Edmonton. That is Kevin Lowe checking in tonight as he will step away, retire from his uh, role as the vice chair of OEG. He will remain uh with the organization or connected to the organization as an ambassador as he said he's still going to be around but spending maybe a little more time with family here as he uh, moves through that stage of his life great to have kevin on the show uh man oh man he is associated with a lot of a lot of moments uh with the oilers franchise and uh i, I think it's fair to say most of them positive i know obviously there were some uh tough years when he was the gm as well but uh, a lot of pretty good years and he was the gm when they went to the stanley cup final in 2006 of course always happy to hear from you 780-496-0063 is the hotline presented by certain the pros choice for roofing siding drywall insulation and ceiling systems certain pro all the way you can follow me on twitter at reed wilkins r-e-i-d-w-i-l-k-i-n-s and you can send a good old-fashioned email inside sports at 630ched.com the edmonton elks getting ready for the game saturday at the bc lions it's on 630ched with the face uh, or not the face-off show we'll have one of those next month uh the countdown to kickoff is going to be at 630 and the game will be at eight elks at lions on Saturday, Dave Campbell will uh, fill us in on what's going on with the Elks as they get ready for this game as we move along tonight. And also at 7.30, from 7.30 to 8, it is the Elks this week with Morley Scott. That is usually every Monday on 6.30, Chad Holiday yesterday. So we got the Elks this week here on this Tuesday night. We uh, will share a couple uh, other Kevin Lowe memories when we get back. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. So uh, Kevin Lowe retiring from his role with uh, OEG as the vice chair and alternate governor, of course, one of the well, there were a lot of memorable moments from this past uh, hockey season, but one of them that wasn't a highlight from a game was Craig McTavish on the Kevin Lowe 
Jersey retirement night, taking this uh, little barb at his former teammate. Kevin, this all seems like a lot to celebrate being the second best athlete in your family <laughs> and the seventh best player on your team. Uh, yes, probably the uh, line of the night from the ever clever Craig McTavish, who we did have a regular guest on Inside Sports this past season. He's now gone on to be the assistant coach with the St. Louis Blues. But of course, Mac T had some very kind words for Kalo as well. I wanted to speak a little about Kevin, the player, and just how tough and competitive he was. As Hockey Hall of Famer Jacques Lemaire said to me one day, Craig, you have to remember one thing in the game of hockey. There are two nets, and they are both equally important. With this collection of offensively gifted players, Gretz, Mass, Koff, Andy, and Yari, the one net was pretty well looked after. Kevin realized his greatest contribution was going to be in the less glamorous end. His contribution lay within the intangible skills that all coaches and organizations recognize as vital to team success. Yeah, Craig McTavish, very eloquent. That's uh, a couple of clips from November 5th, the Kevin Lowe jersey retirement night, the number retirement night, November 5th against the Rangers. I got to interview Kevin Lowe that week. Uh, I had him on the face-off show on November 3rd, a couple of days before the ceremony, and we reflected on some stuff, and he told the story about getting drafted by the Oilers in the summer of 1979. The draft was postponed because, you know, unbeknownst to me anyways, and probably, you know, a lot of hockey people didn't, or fans didn't even care because you didn't know about it in those days. The NHL was negotiating with the WHA teams to, to merge. So they put everything off. And there were some challenges legally on the draft. Things were happening as a result. The 1979 draft year had underage players in the draft for the first time. Ray Bork was an underager and Tom McCarthy and I, I, I want to say Paul Reinhardt. But anyhow, um, but the, the, what I didn't know was when Alan Eagleson, who was my agent, so it was it was done by phone, so we weren't there, and I waited around uh, patiently or impatiently, hearing when I was going to be drafted. And when Eagleson phoned me, he said, "Well, you got your wish. You were a first-round pick." And, and I said, "Well, you know what pick?" And he goes, "Oh, it doesn't matter. You're a first-round pick." I said, "Well, to who then?" And he goes, "The Edmonton Oilers." And I said, "The Oilers? Edmonton Oilers? They're not in the NHL, are they?" Because we really didn't know what was going on, uh, and and. Uh, uh, you know, the, the rest was, I guess, kind of history. Had never been further west than London, Ontario, and and uh, you know, to think that uh, we had we had, you know, I knew Chicago was interested, I knew Boston was interested, I knew Minnesota was interested, and Atlanta. And you know, at the time, was I a little disappointed? Yeah, because Edmonton wasn't a sort of a you know original NHL team, but I guess it turned out all right. Just think, if Kevin Lowe had been drafted by Atlanta, he then would have become a Calgary Flame when they moved to Alberta, and he would have been on the other side of the fence for the BOA. Kevin Lowe, the Oilers' first-ever NHL draft pick, and on October 10th, 1979, in Chicago, he scored the team's first-ever NHL goal.
We're down 2 nothing and right. getting hammered by the Blackhawks, you know, 10 minutes in the first period. So it was, it was more like, you know, we stopped the bleeding. And uh, But, it, you know, the story I've told a number of times is, and that's the way I perceived it. We got together, all right, we're back in this game. And then, of course, Gretz comes into the fold. and He's picked up the puck and he's handing it to me. And he's, hey, Kevin, I got, the, I got you the puck. I go, well, that's great. You know, thinking, oh, yeah, that's right. That's my first goal in the NHL. And he's looking at me. He goes, that's the, that's the owner's first goal in the history of the NHL. I'm like, okay, never thought of that. You know, only Wayne Gretzky would think of that at that time. But, um, yeah, and then later on, of course, you know, he kind of joked about he tipped it. Uh, and and I always thought, I never saw the replay. And I always thought, so what happened was, the, and as it turned out, Wayne was behind the net, lo and behold, his first behind the net assist, over to Calligan, Brett Calligan on the wall, in the half wall. And then I kind of jumped in and got on my forehand and just, you know, blindly threw it at the net and went in the net. And I and so Gretz over a few years said, you know, I touched that. And I'm like, yeah, 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 you didn't touch it. You couldn't have because you're on the half wall. And then I saw a highlight of it like about a year ago. And I said, holy crap, Gretz was right beside the net like he could have touched it and maybe didn't say anything, you know. Good memories there from Kevin Lowe. What's up with the Elks? We'll get to that next.